I was an unwilling recruit into the Army, but I didn't have bone spurs, so I couldn't do anything about it. Uh, so I was, I was being trained to be a, a, a second lieutenant, and I remember the day the sergeant said, we're going to have leadership training, and he said, your job is to lead that platoon through that minefield. And I said, hmm, I must have missed the class that day. I don't know how to lead people through a minefield. And he said, the sergeant said, well, John Wayne? I said, gosh, I guess I've missed that John Wayne movie. Uh, so I said to my platoon, all right, hold your heads up high and let's go through with a positive mental attitude. Well, we got to the other side of the minefield and the sergeant came up to me and said, well, Mr. Smart, Joe College, according to my estimates, you just lost two-thirds of your platoon. And I said, Sergeant, I'm not a professional military man myself, but would you say that's good or just average? <laughs> and what the sergeant said to me, I cannot repeat, but he did say something that stuck in my brain forever. The sergeant said, you know, because of your arrogance and your unwillingness to learn some good people are going to be put in danger because of you. And it was the first time in my life anybody had ever talked to me as a leader, as a powerful person. Well, I got that on my mind because this morning's scripture is Jesus talking about powerful people. He Scripture begins with Jesus saying to everybody, beware, you beware of those scribes, you beware of those religious experts, those leaders. They like to wear long robes. You'll note who has some long robes this morning. Uh, they like to prance around and offer long prayers and have reverend in front of their name and doctor of divinity after their name and they love to, their fat pensions and they, their divinity knowledge and they love to lord over people and not only that, they betray their trust for the weak, the widows and the orphans. They're supposed to be collecting money for the temple treasury to provide for the needs of the most vulnerable, these widows and orphans. And he said, I'll tell you, they shall receive greater condemnation than anybody. And then Jesus looks over at the temple treasury, and all of the rich are coming through and giving their big gifts. And Jesus notices a widow, the poorest of the poor, on the bottom, a widow who drops in her two coins. And Jesus says, she has given more than anybody else. You've given a little off the top of your abundance. She's given everything she's got to a corrupt system administered by corrupt leaders. They shall be judged. Now, I used to like that scripture because it usually came up in the, the old lectionary, it would come up during fall, it come up in November. When you realize that the stewardship campaign is closed and the budget 
had not been yet reached. And so I had a great stewardship sermon in which I could beat up on you and I could say, look at you. You can, we can get, 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 give you, we can't get you to give us 2%. That poor widow gave everything she had to the church. Look at you. Well, unfortunately, I did a little deeper look into the scripture and noticed Jesus begins with condemnation of the religious leaders. What was the tone of his voice when he said, look at this poor widow. She's given everything she's got. And look how you, the people on top, people on power, look how you betrayed her trust. And so, whereas I enjoyed this scripture as an opportunity to beat up on you, uh, now Jesus uses this scripture to beat up on people like me. I am the closest thing you're going to see this Sunday to an honest-to-goodness scribe. And look what Jesus says to people like me. I think Jesus, the tone of his voice is one of infinite sadness at the people who are utterly dependent on the people in power to look after them they fail that trust. Uh, I'm sorry if you've heard that Jesus is impartial. If, if you have heard that Jesus just believed in affirming everybody, I'm sorry. Uh, here Jesus talks about judgment. Here Jesus takes sides. Here Jesus says, hey, I'm on the side of those on the bottom those who got nobody to speak up for them, those who are totally dependent on the mercy of others, I'm on their side. And look at who Jesus condemns. Powerful, religious leaders like me. Kind of reminds you of another episode where Jesus is lecturing and the uh, the crowd says, Jesus, we're trying to pay attention to the, your theological points, but these children rolling around here in the dust and everything, and uh, don't we have a nursery or something? They get the children out. Don't take the child out right now. That's bad timing. Uh, that's a bad point. But uh, can't we send these children away? And you remember what Jesus did on that occasion? He said, let the children come to me. And he put a little child right in the middle of them and said, I want you to notice the child. Because in my kingdom, I am the child. I am the lowly, the vulnerable, the weak. You can't get in my kingdom except if, if you're not a grown-up. You've you got to come in through a small door. He put the little one in the middle of them to help them pay attention and Jesus, when we're noticing the powerful and the generous, he notices the widow who put in everything she had, who's invested all she's got in trust of those on the top. I teach a class, Introduction to Ordained Leadership, and they were complaining about the reading and saying there's just too much work to do and we've got work to do for other more important professors. We can't do all this reading, we can't do all this work. 
And uh, I was thinking about backing off, but on the way to work the next day, I heard on NPR about the outbreak of Hansen's disease down on the South Texas border. Hansen's disease making a comeback, otherwise known in the Bible as leprosy. We thought we defeated it. No, among the marginalized, the poor, it's coming back. And they interviewed a public health nurse and they talked about the challenge of her job helping people with Hansen's disease. And they, the reporter said, what is your biggest challenge? And she said, well, the biggest challenge people face in my part of the world is they ask themselves, they didn't, they don't, they don't ask, how did I get this disease? They said, why did I get this disease? And they said, I can't figure it out. I've tried to lead a good Christian life. I've tried to do what's right. Why did God afflict me with this disease? Well, I tore back into that ordained leadership class. And I said to them, the purpose of this class is to teach you how to interpret scripture better than Jefferson Beauregard. And the purpose of this class is so people in need can put their trust in, you better read every page. You're gonna be held responsible for everything because ignorant, arrogant preachers hurt people and put them in further pain. We ought to notice who Jesus notices. And we ought to judge who Jesus judges. I was having lunch uh, at Duke with a man who had been a generous donor to the ministry of Duke Chapel, a, a business person, and uh, I, I had lunch with him to thank him for his generous gifts. And during the lunch he said, you know, preacher, does it bother you that 300,000 North Carolina children are unvaccinated? And I said, 300,000, why? Seems like a lot. No, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. And he said, well, it bothers me that you didn't notice that. And I said, my goodness, I, I wonder why 300,000 unvaccinated, why is that? And he said, I can explain it to you. They don't vote. And I said, wow, I hadn't thought about that. And he said, you're not supposed to be giving lunches to flatter me and people like me. You're supposed to be working for those children. You're a Christian pastor for God's sake. Ah. It, it's, it's so easy to, to note it. You pick up the morning newspaper and, and you're gonna notice powerful people, people in charge of things. And, but you come to church partly to notice but it's so easy to overlook. Look at this widow. She's given everything she's got. You're the only hope she's got, and, and yet look at how you've betrayed that trust. Jesus, Jesus notices. Jesus judges. Uh, back in Birmingham, during my uh, yearly exam, 
the doctor had me in a compromised situation, and he said to me, you know, uh, some of my buddies are, uh, they're pretty upset with you for you and the Catholic bishop for suing the governor and the legislature of Alabama over their immigration bill. And I said, well, sorry to get you in trouble with your buddies at the club. And he said, of course, like I told him, you know, he's a Methodist preacher. I mean, what'd you expect him to do? And I said, that is a surprisingly perceptive comment. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Methodist preacher. I, I'm, I actually bow before other altars. I, I'm, I'm actually not that impressed by people at the top. I, I, uh, that is the best compliment I've ever received in my ministry. I, I'm attached to the one that noticed what we don't notice. And I heard on NPR a couple weeks ago, they were interviewing an out-of-work coal miner from West Virginia. And this unemployed man said, yeah, I voted for them because they said they were going to bring back the coal industry and they said they were going to do away with all those picky government regulations so we could have coal back and, and uh, they said they were going to bring jobs back to West Virginia. But uh, it didn't happen. They forgot about it. And then after the interview, the reporter said, Mr. Jones, died of an opioid overdose last week. Uh, Jesus has got some choice words for those of us in power and, and some choice words for those on the bottom. Watch out. Well, we got a general conference coming up in February otherwise known as the gathering of the scribes and Pharisees. And um, we better be careful who we notice. We better be careful whom we serve at such a church gathering. Because the gospel today says, you'll be judged more harshly than everybody else. People put their trust in us. And, and Jesus holds us to account. When I was bishop, I got a letter from a woman. And she said in her letter, at 16, I was confused, going through a tough time in my family. I went to my pastor, and he sexually abused me. And... I've had a tough life. I've had a lot of therapy. I've been through two, two divorces. And uh, I wrote your predecessor, and I said to, I told him the story. And he wrote me back and said, "Thank you for your letter. Uh, I'll handle it." And I never heard anything from the church again. Uh, she said, the man who did that to me has now died. And I just want to write you as a bishop and just 
let you see how sometimes this looks from the bottom up. I wrote her back and I said, oh, I'd love to tell you but that wouldn't happen on my watch. I'd, I'd like to tell you that about all the cases that I prosecuted uh, in this area, I, 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 I hope justice was done to that man for the trust he betrayed. But I tell you this, uh, I'm, I'm putting your letter in my desk, top drawer, and I promise you, I'm gonna pull out that letter once a week, every week. And if ever I would be tempted to overlook somebody like you, if ever I would be tempted to forget the incredible trust placed in me, I, I, I'm going to have your letter to preach to me who preaches so often to other people to notice that which I don't often notice. So today's gospel's got two words for different groups. First word, watch out. The second word is you shall be harshly judged. Amen.